half a pint of wine. Uh, there you go. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the tiny tabernarius. Gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Brett, what about you? What have you been doing? Hey, you get to go first. That's nice. So I have some very exciting news, fellas. It's been a busy, busy week. Um, and being super productive, working on the sink cabinetry stuffs. But amidst that, I've been making a lot of the paperwork progress and whatnots for the cabin, specifically power, which we haven't really talked about since uh, I did the goal zero setup, which has been, you know, it's been so fantastic to be able to turn lights on and be able to use a few small bits and bobs around there without completely draining the battery. But um, I've been waiting for almost a month to hear from an electrician in the area <laughs> because uh, twice I got canceled on because they, they kind of prioritize based on like more commercial work that pays better. So anyway, I called a local company rather than the bigger companies called a local company. They're supposed to come out on Thursday. So day after this podcast comes out. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, I've got an electrician coming out. I had to have the discussion with them of like what the actual job entails, which they were yeah. like, wait, so it, we're not running line and doing all these things. It's like, no, no. What do you got? Sorry, Al, you're, you're someone's tapping the, um, it's not me. I was on mute. Okay. Bullshit. <laughs> you weren't. You fucker. Terrible. Uh, yeah, it was just a lot of kind of happening. Sorry. All right, homies. Time in. So, yeah, I've been talking to the Cut. power company. <laughs> Electrician comes out on Thursday. It's hopefully a manageable job since it's so simple. And really, I just need physical paperwork that says an electrician has looked off uh, or looked over everything and signs off on it. But I'm signing papers with the power company, the actual grid power company that will connect me to the grid, therefore leading to the snowball of all of the requirements that need to be fulfilled for the single family residence conversion. That was such a massive hinge um, that needed to, to happen to get all of these uh, assessment paperwork signed off on. So even though it's not, I, I wish I could tell you guys that like it's happened and I have power now. Hmm. It's so much more realistic now. And I don't have a date. They're very nebulous about when they're actually going to do it. But I have heard from almost everybody in the area that's done any kind of projects uh, regarding property that they're very quick kind of after you pay them. They just want to know that once they get you know, they get paid, they'll come out and do the work. And because it's their job, they do it quickly and efficiently. I obviously have to wait for the electrician. So there's a there's a couple of different steps that have to go in. But as far as I know, once the trigger kind of gets pulled, it happens quickly. So power is like in the near future. It's that which is huge. I, I don't it's hard to describe what that will mean, but when I say the snowball effect that happens, it's yeah. the the to-do list is very short for the conversion. I get this assessment. Once it gets converted over to single family, I'm on this private loan situation, which is pretty ridiculous financially, but it helped me get into the place. What will happen is I'll get to refinance through a bank, mortgage payments go down and like it's a little bit of extra money, you know, because yeah. that'll go down. Like my operating cost will be a bit lower and then I can invest a little bit more just building out the space. It also means that all of the fun, cool projects of making the cabin a home and making it feel more like a residence. Yeah. Um, I've been holding off doing all of that because I don't want them to come out and do the assessment and then go, wait, you, you changed a bunch of stuff. Like you've done an addition or you've, you've changed the whatever whatever. If I do any of that, it could lead to more paperwork. So we're just doing bare minimum to get the sign off right now. And power is a massive part of that. So I'm just like, I'm chomping at the bit to make this happen. 
that HVAC guy that I've told you guys about that's going to do my air conditioning install heating situation. He's like ready to go the minute I pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully everything happens relatively quick and to actually get the paperwork and the invoice from the power company was huge because it's effectively taken a year and a half for yeah. me to get to this point. So I'm just stoked. Ugh. Aside from that, because it's it's not really all that interesting. It's just exciting for me. The sink cabinetry build that I'm doing, I know I kind of joked about it before, but woodwork sucks and I really <laughs> haven't been enjoying it. Um, I was having a chat with young Mike the other day because I was debating what I was going to do for the doors, the little cabinet doors on the front. I was like, oh, I got to process more wood and I'm going to do all these things. He goes, might look cool if you just made them out of steel. It's like, done. So now there's like all kinds of steel on this cabinet, but it's all very tastefully hidden. And, you know, I steel blackened it and all this stuff. Yeah. And the real trade-off is that I've gotten to weld the hinges on, you know, one side <laughs> because they were steel. And it's like, oh my God, this makes things so much easier. And I just get to like tack weld everything in place and it's great. And it's very structurally sound, but it has taken way longer than I expected because even though it's a very small cabinet, I'm putting a lot of time and effort into the details and the handling of it all because it's mine. It's going to go yeah. to my place and I have to appreciate the construction that's gone into it. But man, does this tiny little cabinet just take forever? Nice. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds good. It's been good. Um, and like you say, I know like the, um, what's it called? Electricity mm. is something that's been going on for a long time and, like yeah it's since like the late 1800s <laughs> it's it's not uh it's not super exciting for people that aren't involved sort of thing like I, I can understand why you might think that but at the same time i'm so excited for you to finally actually get that in there and for it to be a thing and you not have to to worry about it just be able to plug shit in and it work like that's it i drained i I drained my solar battery with all of those backups in the reserve tanks. Yeah. I ran a little portable air conditioner for two hours. I think I mentioned this, but I ran it yeah. for like two hours and it completely drained everything. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, can't really do that. And you know, the Al, I, I haven't mentioned it in weeks, but the weather, we have to talk about the weather. The weather is cooling off a little bit. So nice. honestly, in the next couple of months, like we're just crossing our fingers, but I think, the momentum is really moving right now and and maybe within the next couple of months you know maybe i'm sleeping over there in a couple of months and and whether it's a cot or i've built a bed by then it'll, yeah. it'll be pretty amazing to actually stay there for the first time nice yeah yeah awesome man yeah. um ow what about you what have you been up to if i look or sound or smell a little sleepy it's because um i I've do not smell quite sleepy yeah. i've not slept since um at least wednesday uh because it's been scout camp this weekend <laughs> yeah um, and normally lack of sleep doesn't bother me that much uh but when it's lack of sleep and you're legally responsible for other people's children <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a little bit more exhausting so I've, I've been away for the weekend um yeah i was i was thinking i was i was kind of like halfway through this this scout adventure I was, I was trying to think about what this is like, it's like is, is this like being a teacher is, is this what being a teacher is like or is, and I, I realized it's like being a prison guard <laughs> so basically it's like being a prison guard except you're not allowed to discipline anyone right because <laughs> these kids have like yeah. they obviously know that they're away so yeah. they know that like the rules are different but they also know that they're not at school so that yeah. there's no real rules <laughs> And it, yeah, it's just a lot of kind of physical exhaustion, mental exhaustion, like yeah. responsible responsibility exhaustion. I don't know if that's a thing, yeah. where you're just constantly like nothing can die. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, like if I burn, cut, you know, yeah. strangle myself, it's on yeah. my own watch, and and yeah. it doesn't bother me. I'll move on. But yeah, yeah the but, second the kids, can yeah. I borrow your knife again? Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He can, you can't. But it was great. I mean, these these kids have been basic. I mean, I joked about the prison thing, but they have been locked 
in their homes for a very long time and yeah. not been able to do things like this. Um, so scouting for a, a year was like done online oh. and they were doing scouts like via Zoom, which I can't think of anything that more sounds, depressing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awful. So for them to be able to go to camp, it was great. And we we had the entire campsite to ourselves. So we had all the scout hut and everything and the, nice. the, the fireplace. There was no other groups there for the whole time. So we basically yeah. we, we, we ran the place. It was great. Um, and they learned loads and achieved loads. Um, so it was it was well worth it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, is that it? Is that like I, I, that sounded really? Unless you awesome. want me to do anything else. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, work. yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. Work if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm assuming the rest of the week was just work. Um, but yeah, no, I. I fully appreciate what you mean about like the responsibility side of things because even doing like a, a a class like even for just the eight hours or whatever that we're we're teaching like with adults that are supposed to be responsible for themselves like we still have to be responsible for them and like keep an eye on what they're doing and make sure they don't burn themselves and all of that and like doing that can be fucking tiring yeah so the idea of doing it with a bunch of of minors is, well, it's, it's terrifying. I mean, for me, it was it was the timings of it all. So when you're running like a workshop with adults, it's you know, yeah. uh, start at ten, maybe have fifteen minutes introduction, yeah, do a class for an hour, have a tea break. You know, it's all very civil and very kind of um, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. relaxed, and and adults can sort of have a chat and entertain yeah. themselves in between, yeah. like while you're setting up the next part of the workshop. Kids get up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and instantly need to be entertained. Yeah. You know, there was no iPads or phones or anything allowed on, on campsite. So yeah. it was like, what are we doing next? Can we go to the playground? Can we go to the river? Can we climb the yeah. tree? Can I build a rope? Can we do this? Literally from four o'clock in the morning <laughs> till two o'clock at night. What are we doing minute by minute? And, yeah. and if there's 30 seconds where you're not doing something, someone will try and jump off a cliff. There, there is another like a bunch of or a group of adults that are also like that. They're known as makers. Yeah. Steve, what are we doing, Steve? What, what, what's for dinner, Steve? Where are we going next, Steve? I think yeah. it's more specific than that. I think those people are called Rasmuses. <laughs> Rasmai. Rasmai? Rasmai. Waking up at Steve's and having Rasmus just go, right. Food, coffee, or tea. <laughs> what, what are we doing? Oh, bless him. Yeah, so so, um, so I, I I had agenda yeah. for, for every opportunity and every and and you know backup activities in case we did those activities too quickly and yeah. and all sorts of things. I mean, luckily there was a few injuries in between, which kind of held held things up. So that kind of that kind of took up a, a, a few hours of of, yeah. of the weekend. I'm, I'm not sure you should really say that uh, injuries are. A they lot were minor. They yeah. were just you know sort of yeah skin burns that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> skin burns. Yeah. Um, not, not flesh, just skin. Yeah. Speaking of uh, not getting injured, um, my week has been interesting. Uh, like work-wise, it's just been long and constant. Um, lots of good things happening. Richard, the the young lad, uh, we've finally got him on production pans. Um, so now, if you buy a pan from the workshop it's not guaranteed to be made by me. It might be made by Richard. Um, and annoyingly, he is already better at it than I am. Um, mm-hmm. Like He is way more consistent with his rivets. And just generally, he's actually really fucking good. Um, it's really nice to see. It's like, it's it's kind of like that, that proud dad moment of like, ah, oh, look at you doing the thing. Um, but yeah, that's taken a, a, a shitload of stress off of... Um, off of me because it means that now I don't need to be in the pan room. Making you don't, you don't, you don't need to say off, off. We're, we're in England. Wait, what? Wait, you can what just say, say off. You can just say off, off from. You don't need to say off of. What did I, no, no, what, what sentence? I don't even know off what I Off of. Just... Taking something off of someone. It, it's, you don't, it's redundant. Yeah, I know, but it's, 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 shut up. Don't, don't make me think about what I'm saying. That confuses me. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's taken a, a shitload of pressure off me. <laughs> it's so difficult. You've broken uh, Steve. Uh, because it, it means that I now don't have to be... Um, 
Uh, it means that I don't have to be the only one doing the pans. Um, and it means that when I'm doing other things, there can still be pans getting made. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, which just it, it all around makes life's life a little bit easier. Wait, does because... that mean you get to go to Sweden because uh, pans can get made when you're not there? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, no. I'd, I'm assuming you mean uh, the, the restaurant thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have... Uh, I have been trying to get Al to like seriously injure himself so that he can't do it, but no such luck so far. Um, <laughs> just start putting stuff on the floor in his way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's been good, and it it does, however, mean that I'm going to be able to do uh, some more interesting things within the workshop. Um, and we're we're kind of doing, or I'm I'm doing a bit more of the admin sort of side of things, and yeah, we're we're kind of not changing roles but we're we're redefining our roles within the workshop at the moment um just in the in the name of efficiency and it's it's quite good it's lots of positive things are happening with it um but uh but yeah that that's kind of like the the unexciting thing that happened at work the exciting thing was driving down a nice little single track lane oh, and meeting someone coming the other way at 70 miles an hour um yeah, so I, I now need to, as well as fixing the uh, the leak that's occurred on the Volvo, the the pickup, which is still in bits, I now have to fix the Land Rover as well because some dickhead decided that he was actually in a rally when he wasn't. Um, like So long story short, guy came around the corner, saw me, jumped on the brakes, realized he wasn't going to stop in time, uh, mounted the verge, still managed to hit the Land Rover going probably about 40 when he hit me, um, but was on the verge enough that like there was, there was some serious damage to the car, but he didn't come to a full stop. So he just carried on and then just drove off uh, into the, the distance and didn't, didn't stop. Uh, which means that of course I now can't claim on the insurance. So I have to fix the Land Rover myself, which is super. Uh, so I'm going to have mismatched wings because I'm not paying for a respray because fuck that, that's expensive. And I've got to I've got to replace the doors at some point anyway. So what I'll probably do is replace all of the panels and then respray the whole lot in a couple of years. Um, Harlequin, Harlequin, Landy. Yeah, that's more likely what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's that that's been that's been fun. Um, and then had to get back to work and and finish off the day with that. But luckily, walked away completely uninjured. Um, and I, when I put the post up on my stories the other day, like I said then, I'm just super fucking glad that the guy hit me and not one of the dog walkers or like the kids that use that lane at that time of day. Because um, there is no way that he could have stopped if if there was a dog or a person in the road and the speed he was going, he would have killed someone. Um, so with any luck, like it's worth it because it means that that guy will never do that again. I, I hope I'm inclined to think that he probably still will because people like that tend to be assholes. But yeah, it, it might have shit him up enough that he maybe rethinks it at least around that area. Um, but yeah, so that that was fucking terrible. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then, then had uh, the rest of the week was 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 fine. Um, doing lots of, of stuff. Fine, fine. Uh, and then yesterday I put my back out, which was super because I'd planned on spending all day today fixing the Land Rover <laughs> and getting out the last of the, the shower and starting to, um, to measure stuff up to be able to refit the floor. And I've basically just been led on my floor in the living room instead because it really fucking hurts. Um, so this episode is sponsored by Red Wine because I need it to get through. Um, and if, if you hear like sudden yelping and swearing, it's probably because I've just moved in ever so slightly the wrong way and it's twinged and I've gone, gh, gh, fucking, gh. um, so yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Just, just ignore the random noises. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, I think that's, that's kind of my, my week. Um, the only other exciting thing was putting up that, I don't know, I, I can't remember if I'd done it last week, but the, the little tiny knife that I've made. Mm -hmm. um so i put that up and I, I had a lot of people expressing interest in in that um and it was it was quite difficult to because i was having to explain to every single person that yes it is only tiny but 
it's still going to be like 60, 70 quid for that knife just because of the amount of time it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's smaller doesn't mean it takes any less time. In fact, it's it's more involved. It takes more effort to produce that than you know a big standard blacksmith knife. Um, so yeah, that was that was interesting having that conversation over and over again. Um, but the plus side of doing that is it segues beautifully into this week's topic, uh, which is that little things. Little things taking more time to do than big things because they're little. Um, <laughs> and they're far away. <laughs> Ow, that hurt. Oh, no. Um, yeah, la- laughing hurts. Um, but yeah, like it, it is a really weird thing. Like The amount of people that don't realize how much more difficult something small is than like on a large scale. Like mm-hmm. even um, like with, uh, I can remember Brett, uh, three four years ago when you did the little tiny axe the mini axe after seeing mm-hmm. owls one mm-hmm. be like oh yeah i'm gonna have a go at doing that and me saying to you like dude that's like that was I get the... such a bad idea yeah it's like i get that you want to do it but be aware it is not as easy as doing a full-size axe and you being like nah this will be fine i can do this and then yeah and of course like dickhead me at that point in time <laughs> had punched like two holes in yeah. steel i was like i know what i'm doing yeah. it's fine and then afterwards messaging me being like Dude, that was really fucking difficult. You were right. Like, dude, fuck. <laughs> I, I could not believe. I, I couldn't believe what that set me up for in the future, mm-hmm. because now like you and I have had enough talks where making miniature versions of things. Like, it's it's yeah. a really amazing challenge, especially when it comes to forging, because mm-hmm. less mass, you're, you're losing heat more often. So you really have to go slow and steady. And not screw anything up because you don't have a lot of wiggle room if you screw something up that's very small. But in a similar capacity, I'm looking at this sink, and I I know I kind of mentioned it when I was doing my update, but this is not a large piece of, I guess you could call it furniture or cabinetry. I I don't know, whatever terminology you want to use, but it's not a large piece. There's nothing inherently complicated about it, but because it's small and because I'm really trying to put a lot of effort into you know which screws I'm using specifically. Like I really yeah. I want it to look nice because there's not a lot to it, and it's taking me forever. I love how it's turning out. I'll hopefully post some photos um, within the next day or two just to share it with people because I do think I came up with kind of like a fun little idea and a, and a yeah. neat aesthetically pleasing thing. But it's like I built a workshop in a week, I think. Yeah pulling long days in the heat but like i effectively built that workshop in a week this cabinet amidst the other work has taken me longer than that <laughs> and then like the sink basin you know you could say that it's kind of a large piece of material but not particularly it was one yeah. piece of material it was just a lot of hammering yeah but there was a lot of effort and and thought put into how it was going to get handled. I'm I'm fascinated more and more by these projects that I come up with that I want to try something small. Say the anchor that I did not too long ago. Yeah. Um. I I think I mentioned it to you guys. I'm I was super happy with that one because I actually didn't throw anything away. Everything in the video yeah. and everything that was shown was the piece that I made to the finish. Yeah. Happy with it, but took way longer than expected and just. Every little line, every little line. Like if you think about doing a 10 foot long span of steel and it's a quarter inch out by the mm-hmm. end of it. Yeah. You might be able to see it, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It might be more manageable. If you miss a quarter of an inch over like a three inch tall thing, <laughs> you will know and it will look yeah. terrible and you'll feel bad about yourself. And, and that's like, it, it's such a, a weird thing. Cause like I, with the, the blacksmith knife, like the, the getting proportions right on that. I think I said in the post, like the proportions aren't quite right. And that, that's because I, I didn't like measure it out and scale it down. I was just doing it by eye, but it is so difficult with stuff like that. Because like you say, like that, like it can be literally like two or three mil and it completely knocks out the, the proportions because you know, that that's scaled down. That's like, if you did the, the the knife handle like fucking five centimeters wrong rather than five mil wrong sort of thing yeah. like it's it, it, it's the the scaling of it just completely fucks with stuff like that but also like when you when you're doing a big project it's quite 
easy to feel or to 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 keep momentum because and to keep enthusiasm because every time like when you're putting a uh, the workshop together yeah you, know, you you put together a wall and you put it up and all of a sudden like fuck that's huge i've done a entire wall that looks amazing yeah. yeah you do you do that on a like a little small scale thing you're going fuck how have i been here an hour and i've only done this little like <laughs> five mil square thing like oh yeah. fuck and it's it can become really disheartening um but at the same time like when you're finished with it i always find the small stuff like the the little chef's knife that i did for al for christmas like three four years ago mm-hmm. um it was the first time i'd done any kind of handling on a on a knife other than like a blacksmith knife um it was the first time i'd done like a proper grind and it was lo- loads of like firsts in it on this small scale thing and i was so fucking happy with the way it came out and it was so <laughs> much fun and it was so weird like the lessons that i learned from that really did help me when i was doing the much bigger projects and i think it's quite nice to do those those small scale ones because it's exactly the same techniques and everything it's just on a much much smaller scale and like if you're worried about wasting material or, or whatever like i think those mm-hmm. small projects are quite a good way of um working into a, a thing mm-hmm. like like the the uh sorry al i know you want to go but just the the haynes um... i just want to go <laughs> um but like you know uh haynes do a thing where it's like a build your own uh combustion internal combustion yeah. engine and it's like a little miniature version like i think that's a great way for people to get into understanding mechanics because they can have this little miniature version that they can have on the desk they can pick it up they can turn it around in their hands and look at stuff without having to invest in having a big fucking workshop where they can tear an entire engine apart mm-hmm. yeah I just, brett you just touched on something that kind of resonated with me and that was about the errors so like when you're making something big and robust and kind of slightly forgiving, all the things like the width of the curve and like when you measure something and it, you know, you're using a sharpie instead of a, a marking knife, or yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you know, you're meant to use a little, you know, scribe when you're, you're marking out steel, but I've I, I yeah. only ever use sharpies if I'm mm-hmm. lucky. Um, and when it's big, you can kind of get away with it. And and you can fold it and you can like kind of stretch it and bend it and mm-hmm. tweak it a little bit to, yeah. to fit. When it everything's come down small, you know, my I'm not using miniature tools. You know, yeah. the 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 width of a, a blade is no longer ten times thinner because the thing I'm making is ten times smaller. Yeah. It's still exactly the same width. And everything I'm folding around, all my sort of right angles, which are probably out a bit, yeah. you know, but again, it's forgiving when it's big. I'm trying to use the same tools to make things that are small mm. and it transcends everything. It's not just like woodworking and metalworking as well. If I think about like cooking and food measurements, mm-hmm. like I know how to cook rice for 300 people. Yeah. Cause I use the 300 pan. <laughs> <laughs> if I go down to like a tiny little jug yeah. that's shitty and all the markings are rubbed off and I'm trying to measure out 0.4 of an egg yolk. Yeah. And it's like, this is impossible. Like, it, you know, and, and people always like, when I cook for people, they often ask me like for the recipe for things. It's like I don't know the recipe. I yeah. know how to make it on a huge scale. Yeah, because you can never put too many, too much salt in. You can never put too right. much this in. Whereas it's like what pancakes for one? How do you do pancakes <laughs> for one? This is fucking impossible. So that so everything is like com- all those errors are compounded and, and, and magnified as you get down small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. life really fucking difficult. Like in theory, you can just shrink it down. Mm. You know, you can you can take the opposite of what I did for Tira. You could just take the schematic and scale it to whatever size you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But small seems to be a fucker. Every everything to to, to graphics. Yeah. There's no oh, problem yeah, yeah, blowing yeah. something up when you yeah. when you shrink something down. You come across all these problems about like screen resolution. You know, pixel size. Like how many things you can see, and it's just like, Ugh. yeah. I just quickly, Brett, before you jump in, sorry. I just like you saying that about the 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 logos and, and and the graphics and stuff. Like that was one of the things that I found with the touch mark is so my touch mark, I, I scaled it down from my logo to make it something that I could stand. But I found even that doesn't quite work on the smaller scale that no. I want, which is why I've then had to redefine what you need my to touch change mark is. it. Yeah. yeah. And and I know exactly what I'm gonna do now. And I know that that is a touch mark that I can go down to being absolutely fucking tiny. And it will still work. It will still be recognizable as what it is to me. And it's it works within the larger picture as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry, Brad. I totally stole your thing. No, you're fine. I just I wanted to jump on the the cooking aspect of things. Al, I know I've talked about my grandfather's Southern style American biscuits. Mm. Um, I only know how to make like forty of those at a time. I don't know the recipe that makes less than that. Yeah. So I did it. You know, I I did it here at the Maker Ranch. Cause we, it was a family thing. Like every Christmas we would do it. So, you know, last Christmas came around, I'm going to make biscuits. I don't know how to make less. And because, uh, the folks out here don't necessarily feel as keen about biscuits and gravy like I do. Um, I felt bad because (laughs) we had to throw a few of them out because no one ate them, but I don't know how to make less of a recipe because (laughs) the, the baking soda to baking powder ratio is a, kind of specific uh spoon just like regular <laughs> spoon and you go spoonful in the front and then you use the back end of the spoon yeah and put that in your baking soda so yeah wait is that to bake which one's more al soda or powder i think it's uh, powder powder, 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 is the back powder end. has powder yeah. has soda in it yeah Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the measurements is the front part of the spoon, and then you turn the handle around, and that's what you use for the other measurement. So I don't know how to make less than that because I can't, <laughs> I, I can't use a smaller spoon yeah. unless somebody wants to try and perfectly scale down the spoon that I've been using. Yeah. Um, and my mom's tried to do, because she's a math teacher, she's tried to put together a scalable recipe, but mm. I know we've all tried it. Like me and my sister and various people in the family. I think Ryan, I think my brother tried to do like a small scale and use a couple of different uh, ingredients as well. And it just never turns out right. So this, I know it's the cooking analogy, but when, when material starts to feed into uh, my making world and I'm trying to do these, well, I use four of the thing for this. I guess if I'm doing a quarter scale, I'm I'm only using one and it never works. Yeah. Or I do something completely wrong. Steve, volumetrically, when you're I know there's maths to do for yeah. oh, I've got a one by one piece of steel. Okay. Uh that will make me exactly this much if I squish it down. Like I don't know how no. to do that or how to approach it. And I will always end up just doing just cut a little extra off. If I yeah. if I lose a little bit of material, no big deal. But you start to scale how much material is available to you because you want to be cool and reuse some old steel that you found at a flea market. Suddenly you realize you don't have enough because you did the math <laughs> wrong and like you can't yeah. stretch it out enough. Jesus Christ. I mean, we, we get that a, a lot, like, especially when I'm making like, like making like the little things and stuff like that. There are so many people that will come up to me afterwards and be like, Oh, so what, what dimensions did you use? You know, how did you do that? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I did it entirely by eye. Like that, like I know for like when you're doing especially decorative iron work and stuff like that, there's so much math behind like, well, how much could you use and you know, make it um repeatable and all this. And I'm like, yeah, when when we're doing like product, then yes, one hundred percent. We know exactly what stock we're using, we know how much to do it, you know, how much of a taper to put on it and all of that. When I'm doing the little stupid knives and stuff like that, it's it's a one off. I'm not I'm not gonna measure it. I'm not gonna think about that. I'm not gonna try and work it out. I'm just going to start bashing the shit out of it and seeing what happens. And then going from there, like mm-hmm. when I, when I did the set down on that little knife, I was like, uh, about there, dunk, uh, a little bit more. dunk, <laughs> And yeah, just and just draw it out from bit. there. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I definitely don't, um, like I, I personally don't apply the, the, or I don't, I don't apply scale to stuff because I do so much of what I do by, by eye and, like even going back to the cooking analogy, like when I'm cooking, I like, if I'm making a spice mix before I'm like to like mixing a load of spice together before putting it into a recipe, um, I'm not ever, ever measuring it. I'm like, I'm just going to put in a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And genuinely before now, what's happened is I've been putting like some paprika in or something like that. And the lid's fallen off and it's just gone. And I've just ended up the fuck load of paprika. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to add equal amounts of like all the other spices to like just make a bigger <laughs> batch of that mix. So it just and starts then, popping lids off things and let yeah. them fall in. And, and just end up with like, a, I've then got like a little glass jar with that particular spice mix in that I'm just going to use in the next like four or five times I cook. Um, 
rather than going, oh, fuck, I've got to take it out and I've got to put it back right. I'm like, nah, fuck it, it'll be all right. Um, that's why I can I can never replicate the stuff that I make. Like, if I make something that tastes really nice, great, enjoy it, because I'm never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. Like, I'm, and I, that's what I like about making. That's what I like about blacksmithing. That's what I like about cooking is that, um, that, that freedom to just do whatever. Mm-hmm. I find it difficult sometimes watching, um, I'm going to go specifically for like epoxy yeah. work that I, I see. Just thinking about epoxy. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. The, the idea that these, you know, very precise liquid measurements, and I know you can futz the, like the amount of hardening agent that you put in there if you kind of want a faster yeah. set. But uh, Ben and I were just talking because he did a couple of projects recently. <clears throat> and even though he wasn't necessarily doing a thick pour, it was kind of deep. And you're you're told to really only pour a little bit at a time because it'll mm-hmm. overheat and bubble up and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's working out the logistics of that and figuring out like how much can he get away with so he doesn't have to do 15 different pours. But um, when we talk about the material usage and, and the waste and the, the excess you know, that we create because we're not working precision-based and saying, I need exactly this much material that will produce exactly this thing and I won't have a lot left over. I am a big fan of not, you know, being wasteful. I think all of us try and be not so wasteful. But when you're dealing with the scalability of things, that stuff is a really hard fight for me of of needing to know how much I can get away with or like, oh, crap, I bought way too much of this thing and now I'm never going to use it or I have no plans to use this excess material and maybe it goes bad or, you know, there's a shelf life on it. And I feel bad about that kind of thing, but it's the it's the epoxy resin stuff that I see all over where it seems like the main approach is to just like way overdo it and then just cut it all down or mill it all down or, or take a router and blast it all square. <laughs> so you just create a mass and then kind of like chip away at it. But yeah. you've created that and now you're just left with plastic flakes everywhere. And unless you're sending them to the brothers make to do their thing, <laughs> I assume that's all going into a trash bag, which yeah. just makes me feel like this stuff's just going to go disappear into a landfill or, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Well, I mean, that's like, that's, I mean, that for a start, that's kind of the nature of reductive processes is the fact that you start with a big Oh, well said. And you take stuff away but like that right. that's one of the, one of the reasons why i make all these little things is because um so without going into too much history obviously back in the day high carbon steel was extraordinarily valuable that's why mm-hmm. you get laminate blades and stuff like that that's why that stuff was developed because you wanted to use as little high carbon steel as possible but to still retain the cutting edge um just because it was so expensive um and that's why you'll see so many blacksmiths nowadays that still like have a a scrap pile in the corner of like a, a lot of smiths will just have a, a scrap pile where they can just go in and they can grab bits out to just play with and tinker with but also um like tool makers and that tend to have like a high carbon scrap pile where it's like even the tiniest tiny little bits of, of high carbon steel go in there because you could use that in a in a laminate and that's where like my obsession with making little knives and little hammers and little axes and stuff came from is the fact that we had all these little tiny bits of steel and i was like well i want to use one of them like Mm -hmm. i think it started at like one of the festivals and there was a tiny little bit of um like en9 or en45 or something left over and i was like well i could make something with that and just going and just trying and, and making that little thing and i think um like there's the the scrap wood challenges and stuff like that and like the mm-hmm. um uh Tim from Turdworks, like his um, his scrap wood handles and stuff, where he's he's getting all these these old scrappy bits of wood and, and layering them up together to to make something bigger, which he can then use. And like, there are so many cool projects where people are taking like leftover turning blanks and stuff like that and making little tiny projects out of them and just using it rather than just burning it. And I think that's fucking great. Yeah, <clears throat> to throw it to Al. I've been thinking more and more about technology and and kind of customizing tech or buying things for their guts, you know, in whatever capacity for a project in the future. But it always makes me think about you and your approach to, you know, the boxes of toys and plastics that you've Mm. collected. And I know my spiffing last week was 
a hundred percent dedicated to this, you know, going to uh, thrift stores and buying all this old broken plastic and then repurposing it to make this beautiful art sculpture piece with what you are capable of doing and the stuff that we've seen you create, say Tira as, as a really good example. I feel like you're a person who sees the potential in all of those tiny little bits and bobs that most people would throw away. And this isn't the idea of, um, it's a little different than the idea of, of just taking a bit of scrap wood and then finding something to use it in or, or laminate it into something. I, I feel like you have a more keen sense on how that one little part fits into the bigger piece, not just as like a glued up texture. You, you know that that can serve a purpose. It's, it's the, the sort of, I guess it's the prop builder in me. So that the sort mm. of kit basher um, thinking in a kind of Tom Peterson scale. I mean, we, we were doing it the weekend, so it was one of the activities was like build your own lightsaber. Oh, right. So it was like, what could what could I use that costs no money because there's no budget? Yeah, that we couldn't kind of allow people to customize their own and, and make things that you know. So a bunch of stock, just cotton reel bobbins yeah. for handles. Um, but then, I want you know everyone wants to look different, like you've made it yourself. So it's like, yeah. you know, went went to the the scrap store and it was just like right. Bucket full of those, bucket full of that. Oh, they could be switches. They yeah. could be the little valve on the bottom, you know, and just like you say, Brett, just taking the thing out of the context mm. and going, this, 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 this could be part of a bigger picture. This little thing could be actually be part of a bigger picture if you use your imagination, if you have a hot glue gun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but then also, like, doesn't look like it now, but once we spray paint it all silver, it's going to mm -hmm. look the tits. Yeah. So it, it's also well, that, that little step of imagination so do you think that's what it is um, i think so imagination I... like being able to understand the potential in that small piece like steve's talking about reusing the high carbon mm. and some of that you know is based on the the expense of it you know or like we really yeah. want to get the most use you are looking at these small pieces of plastic that are effectively worth nothing mm. they have no monetary value whatsoever yeah. i mean they've already been discarded it's... once and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. so industry. do you think it, it requires this imagination or like a little bit more thought process to to realize the potential i mean it's it it's not like the the brothers bake where it's i i, I get the material and i'm repurposing it it's, yes it's it's still what it is but you've just got to you've just got to look at it as something different, yeah. And, and I think that is a slightly different skill. It's not it's not the thrifty blacksmith that's collecting all his scraps and making, you know. I mean, bakers did that, you know. Yeah, they, they would collect the bits left over and make something else, and then add romance to it and call it something. When yeah. re in reality, all they were doing was saving money and saving yeah. waste. Um, but I think I think that is a slightly different skill. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, like because the the one that uh, that I was thinking about when. Brett started asking you the question originally is like that you stopped me from answering because you're waving your hands around because you drank too much wine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, um, but no, like I because I, I think about it with food as well. Like I it's 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 a long-standing thing that it's really fucking difficult to cook a decent meal for one person. Um and like that that's one of the, the things that me and Ben um used to discuss when when he was living here is the fact that I would quite often cook for the both of us because it was easier and cheaper to cook for two people than to try and cook for one person um and even if you cook up a meal and you know you've still got leftovers left over and and then using that in the next meal and and using the leftover from that in the next meal and creating this thing where you end up with you know one piece of meat that that feeds you for the entire week um excuse me and i, I think like it's what you were saying about having that that little bit of imagination and that little bit of um of being willing to see things in a different way like i i did a um it was it was literally just like some mints and um uh some like carrots and tomatoes and, and shit just cooked up mints basically um and did that on thursday maybe and um, i've used it every, like i've used a bit of that every day in a different meal whether that's been like literally just a little spoonful just to, to put a little bit in or like reheating it but putting in some um some like chipotle paste and some tomato puree to make it a little bit more saucy and a little bit spicier and then spreading that on some toast and putting some cheese on top and making like a a cheap pizza sort of thing going on 
And yeah, I, I think like I, I really find that aspect of things interesting. Like, cause I mean, I've, I've eaten your food before. It's fucking incredible. Um, but I've also, thank seen... you. You're welcome. <laughs> I've also seen some of the, uh, like the shit that I cook when I'm just cooking for myself and it's like, I need to get some protein and some carbohydrates in. So I'm just going to put some oats and some eggs together mm -hmm. and fry them up. And that's going to be it. And I'm going to put some hot sauce on it to make it taste nice. Um, so yeah, I think it's like, it's quite an interesting thing seeing what you can make with, um, with limited ingredients on a, on a smaller scale. I think, I think it's somewhat fundamental in there as well. It's that constituent parts thing. So mm. if, you, if you're breaking it down into the, the sort of small components, um, so you, you don't have to look at the big picture all the time. I think that's why people get overwhelmed by stuff, whether it's projects yeah. or meal planning. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to cook. It's like you do. Yeah. You, know, you can put toast in a toaster, you know how to cook. Yeah. Um, it's just you need to do 10 other things that are like putting toast in a toaster and you bring them all <laughs> together. But I think the the constituent parts is the, the the key bit. If you can fry mints in a pan, yeah, ground beef, um, you can go anywhere with it. It's yeah. just it's just doing that bit. Uh, is is the the first step and that little part and i think it's the same with everything it's like can you get that billet welded right yeah then you can start making your project and i think that's always been an off-putting point and i think even reading kind of some of the things in the group about sort of um whatever the maker equivalent of writer's block is and 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 not being able to start a project or not being yeah. able to think of anything it's because i think people tend to think of the big picture all the time yeah mm -hmm. um whereas i I just think of everything individually, all mm. the processes that need to be done right to the end. It's still daunting because unfortunately yeah. my brain, I think of them all at the same time, <laughs> but it, each step is actually easy yeah, because it's been broken down. So the small bits are really helpful. Like small projects are a fucker, yeah. but small steps are a lot easier. I mean, I, I, I fully, um, like get that because it's it's something that I I think I've talked about on here before. Like I really genuinely struggle with um, with grand projects being like fuck. Where do I even start? And that that whole paralysis by well, it's not even paralysis by analysis, but just like the daunting nature of these big projects. And it's one of the things that I find so um, so nice about you. And and like I genuinely try to channel my inner Al um, by going gross. No, I, <laughs> uh by going like no i just i just need to, to undo those bolts and and that's it like and then i can do this and then i can do that and remembering that actually it is just it's a series of tiny little steps like any project no matter how big or how small it is it's just a series of tiny little steps and if you can remember that and you can and you can work on that like you you can achieve fucking huge things but you can also achieve little tiny tiny projects little teeny tiny ones um, but it seems so strange to think about it that your your grand projects is a series of small steps but the initial discussion was how making small things are is more difficult <laughs> so this idea this idea that you're like our oh, grand project i just do lots of little steps and i will complete it but you're like but when that's... it becomes small your steps also become small and everything but but that that's the thing and yes chris i did fucking say it but that's the thing is like a a tiny project still has the same amount of steps it still has the same amount yeah, of, exactly of effort and work involved in it it's just it's on a smaller scale it's which, harder because it's yeah. fiddlier yeah and you as i say yeah yeah you're doing it with a hammer that's four times as big as the actual work piece you're working or sort of thing like it's 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 not the it's not the size of the project, it's the scale of the project. Does that make sense? Oh. Well, the scale of the tasks? <laughs> the steps? We'll get there. Come on. Keep working on it. It's not the size of the project, it's the number of steps. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's not the size of the mountain, it's the steps you take. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Bollocks. Um, yeah. Uh, should we go to spiffing? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Al, have you got an order? Yes, sub. Sub, which means I am first and I am going to spiff uh, someone that I was already following, but I genuinely had to go via Reddit to 
remember the guy's name because I'm an awful human being. Um, but I think we've talked about him on the show before. I think a guest spiffed him, or maybe Brett did. Um, but Roman Boutin, uh, he is quite well known on the grams, um, but he's the guy that takes coins and puts clockwork bits inside of them and makes them do things. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on Instagram and look at Roman Boutin. His last like three or four posts, um, just skip straight past them, um, but go into like the actual mechanisms. It's fucking insane what he does. Um, he's such a talented guy, and like he, like every uh, interaction I've seen with him has been quite um, like a little blunt, but in a really nice way. Be like, guys, I. I can't take any more orders. Please stop asking me. I can't make more than what I can make. And I ain't making you what you want me to make you. So just fuck off. Um, but yeah, like if he's got something to sell, then it goes up on there. But it's like the one-off pieces are just fucking incredible. Um, and as a bit of a twofer, uh, he also, um, uh, in his last post, it spiffed. Or he, no, he didn't spiff. He uh, shouted out a street artist which sent me down a complete rabbit hole of following and going after shitloads of different street artists 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 on uh instagram um and maybe remember how much i fucking love street art um so yeah that's that's a twofer for you both oh, yeah. roman and street yes. art in general um nailed it because it's, it's fucking cool. I like the way that they do these street art. Sam, I rewatched um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man? Yesterday. Because uh, I was laid up doing fuck all because of my back. And it's still such a fucking good film. See, I, I've not watched it since the first time I watched it. Oh, Because man. it's one of those where I enjoyed it so much I don't want to waste it. Yeah. So I think it's been, I think it's it's now time to rewatch yeah. it. I think you should. It's It's... Oh fucking good man. I rewatched the newest Spider-Man Spider-Man movie trailer because I just wanted to see Alfred Molina come back. Oh, Peter. Like, oh my god, it's so anyway. that really hurt me, but it was so worth it. Um yes, that trailer is so and good. And it was classy de-aging. Not yes. rubber yeah. face de-aging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just enough. Um I mean he didn't even need to. Uh, at no point was yeah. it like Hmm, how old was Alfred Molina in uh, Spider-Man 2? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care if he's old. Yeah, and that's the thing, is they literally could have done like had him as he is at the moment, yeah. and I wouldn't have known or cared. Old um, Loki. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Al is next. This is a, a, a quantum spiff, because we've already quantum. spiffed them, but I'm going to go in further, um, and I'm going to put a playlist in the shows. Ooh. I'm going to curate a playlist for just for this spiff. Oh. This is how much I like you. Um, and it's the Kurtzgesagt. Kurtzgesagt. Um, their sort of series on scale. And yes. they talk about the sort of limits of size for animals in yeah. both directions. So how small can something go? How big can, how big can a bacteria be? Why, yeah. why would an elephant explode if you dropped it out of a window but a mouse wouldn't and all these really interesting phenomena that affect yeah. and change scale so yeah there's and there's several videos of it some of it's, some of it's about space and the scale and some of it's about sort of physics and atoms and some of it's about nature so did you see the the one they did last week maybe the week before about um the the largest black holes Mm, yes, oh, yeah. super massive, ultra mega massive black holes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it's like how you... many, how many extra like um, hyperbolic words can we add yeah. at the start of this <laughs> to make it? Because super massive black hole is not big enough. Yeah, that's tiny like, in comparison. I, that was the thing is like just the like the way that they scaled it up, and mm. then you're like you're you're using a a super massive black hole as like the the smallest thing that you can fit on a screen next to this other thing. It was like. Holy fuck, this is insane. Um, yeah. I don't really trust yeah. any of that information because they still haven't disproven that the world is flat. So. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. very true. It's just science. It's, yeah. I mean, there's no real evidence Shit. to back it up, but it is no, scientific yeah. fact. If something yeah. like that just, existed, how are we'd, we... We'd know about it. it. Yeah. yeah. 
How yeah. come I can't see the Eiffel Tower? I mean, how come I can see the... I mean, something about the Eiffel Tower. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking flat earthers. Um, good shout, man. I'm, I will actually probably watch that series myself because I fucking love the Kurt Kazak videos. Fuck, that's difficult to say. Um, what, what was that? That was a... Oh. Okay. <laughs> it was a enthusiastic tally yeah. Um, which is also a very nice beer produced by Butcom Brewery. No, is it Butcom? I think it's Butcom Brewery that makes tally mm. It's really nice. Uh, Brett, who would you like to spiff? Calling an audible on this one, <clears throat> changing my mind because this is a long overdue spiff. I'm not sure any of us have done it before, uh, but I know a lot of us. Also follow this account. It is a father-daughter project, and it is goddamn delightful. And the Instagram handle is Barbie Woodshop. Yes. So if the the amount of miniature things that have had to be made, and then the filming processes that go into these posts of a Barbie doll having a maker's workshop, yeah, and like the tiny anvil that showed up not too long ago, that you know the trying to do some little smithing on everything about this account is great. And I've reached out to him a couple of times just to, you know, like say awesome work or whatever. And yeah, it's delightful to like randomly get a message back from them. Just like, Hey, thanks. Like we really like what we're doing. They never, I, as far as I know, they've never showed themselves, which is totally fine. Cause this account is dedicated to this kind of fantasy story of Barbie's yeah. workshop. Um, it's super fun. I don't even know, you know, they, they've shown some things about uh, making the tiny, tiny dovetails and different joinery and stuff, projects. They they obviously have to, like, film it in such a way where it's pre-made, but mm. make it look like Barbie's doing it, whatever. All the work and production that goes into this clear, clear-cut uh, passion project just makes me very happy. So if you're not yeah. following Barbie Wood, Barbie Woodshop, you should be. Nice. Wait, yeah. I, didn't you say this is an audible spiff? I'm calling an audible, meaning I'm changing my original sports idea of what I told Steve. you guys. Uh, it's a sports ball reference from Hand Egg. I did not get that. How am I Sorry. the one that used a fucking... Uh, anyway, go on. It's American sports. I don't... They're the only American sports I watch involve ice. I, I don't. I don't know. And more. wrestling. I don't really watch wrestling. I just yeah. Moving on. Anyway, uh, yes. Uh, is there any other business? Yes. What is it? Um, on the topic of the Germans, um, I've noticed that Berlin car culture Instagram account has mm. reinvigorated itself and is starting Ooh. to post again. Ooh. One of my favorite accounts. It is a fantastic account. Um, there's obviously Ooh. been some very lovely uh, vehicles. There's a chimney. There's, there's, all, there's all sorts. There's a chimney. So I'm hoping that account continues. <laughs> yes. It's a very good shout. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is about that account, but it's just like, oh, I, I think I, it's the. It's the aesthetic of the fact that everything's shot in exactly the same way. <laughs> and it's just all cars that I'm like, oh, I really like that. Um, and also some really fucking odd ones as well. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing a Jimny just made my day. I think there's um, a larder as well. Yeah. It's like, what's that with the big wheels? Is that a... Yes. <laughs> yes, the larder. The larder four by four. Oh, do it. Yes. Um, Good shout. Uh, Brett, what about you? Is there any other business from you? Nope. Yeah. Well, well then. Um, I did have some AOB and I've forgotten it. So uh, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social. If you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Was that was that enough time for you to come up with something? No? I had something. I just forgot how to spell it. Okay. Um, also, 
I'll save I it. Can't... I'll save it till next week. Okay, cool. I I can't roll my R's on demand. I can only do it when I say Brett. Um, you got to stick a B in for Brett. 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 Uh, oh, that actually worked quite well. Uh, <laughs> ow! Every time I laugh, it hurts. Uh, so yeah. Until next week. Uh, Go, go do the things. Go, go make something tiny. In fact, fuck it. I'm going to put that as a um, Facebook group challenge. Yeah. Make a tiny thing. Um, yeah. I'm going to do that now. Uh, well, once we get off this. Um, it doesn't have to be a shrunken, mogrified version of something. It can just no. be something that was originally tiny. Yeah. Just make a tiny like thing. Like a ship in a bottle. Yeah. Well, that's true. That is a shrunken thing because it's a shrunken ship. No, it's just the, the bottle and the ship. Yeah. There was never a big version of a ship in a bottle. Wasn't there? Go make a big ship in a... Make a full-size <laughs> ship in a bottle. Uh, right. Yes, until next week. Um, go do the things. Go enjoy yourself. Go hug someone. I don't fucking know. Uh, we love you, and we will see you next week. Bye! Bye!